Hello there, I'm Natalia Malu, your unfiltered fit BFF, mom of two turned CEO of a fitness empire. Someone who understands the struggles of trying to stay fit, sane, and sexy, all while juggling work, life, and motherhood. And this is the Unfiltered Fit Life Podcast. Follow along wherever you're listening and join me weekly as I help busy working moms just like you simplify their fitness journey so they can lose weight, regain their confidence, and feel sexy AF. It's time to stop living in the what-ifs and hiding from the cameras. It's time to regain control over your body, feel sexy naked, and wear a bikini confidently. People already see you as a super confident woman, but it's time for you to feel the same way too. Let's go. Hello, hello there, fam. Welcome to another episode of the Unfiltered Fit Life Podcast. I am Natalia Mello, your host. And we are in that time of the year where we have no idea what day it is. You know, that time between Christmas and New Year, we don't know what day it is. We don't know what time it is. We don't know what we have to do. We don't know what we have to wear. We're kind of thinking about next year and all the goals that we're going to have, but is this still the current year? So it's that time of the year that is a bit of a mess. You don't know what's happening. So I thought that it would be fun to get everybody ready for the new year to talk about seven fitness trends that absolutely need to go away after 2023. And I'm going to tell you, it was very hard to get this list down to just seven. I, I was like, okay, let's start with like just three so I can really elaborate on them. And then the more I looked, the more I found. And this is something that I'm seeing a lot, even on the coaching side of things, with people coming to us with just so much information, it's almost like information overload. There is so much information on social media and everybody trying to shout uh, louder than the next person to get attention and making people focus on irrelevant bullshit. And they become so overwhelmed with all the little things and the stuff that are barely going to move the needle that they don't have the energy or the bandwidth to focus on the things that are actually going to move the needle. So on these seven fitness trends that need to go away after 2023, I just want to make it very clear that some of them are actually not awful. They're not like game changers or anything, but what makes it awful is how people are utilizing it. So let's start with the first trend that needs to go away. And it is something that has been around for a while. And every year I cross my fingers and I pray that it's going to go away. That year has not come, but one can hope. And the first contender of fitness trends that need to go away is waist trainers. So waist trainers, for those of you guys that don't know, are those kind of like corsets that women and some men even I have seen use around their waist area to give them an hourglass. And one thing that I hear often is like, oh, I'm training my waist. And people confuse that with losing fat just because it is kind of like squeezing the fat up and down. Waist trainers, because people wear them incredibly tight and they think that that is what is going to solve the problem 
when in reality, what most people need is to pay attention to their diet and nutrition and lose body fat. With a waist trainer, you're just shifting where the fat's going. And there are a few risks actually associated with waist trainers, one of them being for women, especially those who have had kids, is the negative impact of increased intra-abdominal pressure that it can have on your pelvic floor muscles. So women, after being pregnant and after giving birth, their pelvic floor muscles have been under a lot of stress already. And whenever you add that waist strainer around the waist that is really squeezing your midsection, the pressure is going to go up towards your diaphragm and down towards your pelvic floor muscles. And if you're already experiencing urinary incontinence, if you already have pelvic organ prolapse symptoms, that increased pressure is definitely not going to help. Another issue with it is that it can limit your capacity to take oxygen and into your lungs. Because it is squeezing your midsection so much, it pushes your diaphragm all the way up. So it doesn't have enough space for, for you to breathe properly and for your lungs to take in as much oxygen as it should. There is like a number of issues with waist trainers. So I have wore them when I competed, and I remember even the tips of my fingers feeling numb because my circulation, the thing was so freaking tight that I remember not feeling my fingers. And I'm like, um, this is not normal. And everybody around me was kind of wearing it or like, oh, yeah, it happens to me too. It's totally okay. So this is just a reminder that just because it's common, it doesn't mean that it's normal. So waist trainers, I hope they stay in 2023. They've been around for some time. But one can hope that we are going to walk into a new year and nobody's going to be talking about them and they're not going to be normalized. The second one, I might piss some people off with this one, is posting videos of yourself doing cold plunges. I, I can't. I can't. Every single day I open my social media and there is like five motherfuckers like getting in a cold bucket of ice. Listen. If you want to do cold plunges, by all means, go for it. There is some research that says that, you know, a lot of people do it because it is good for uh, muscle recovery, but there have been a number of researches coming out saying that it's not actually beneficial for muscle recovery and muscle hypertrophy is actually detrimental to it. But beside the point, why? Why posting on social media all the time about your cold plunges every single day? I'm just tired of it. I hope it stays in 2023. Not because it's harmful. It's just fucking annoying. I'm like, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> Again, nothing against the cold plunges. I don't personally do it. But if people, you know, want to do it and they believe that the fairies have some kind of benefit and sprinkle some freaking fairy dust on the water, by all means, it makes you happy. Go for it. But can we stop posting it on, on social media? Yes, thank you. So that's number two. So first one, waist trainers. Two, videos of yourself doing cold plunges. Then number three, water fast. I think it started with Dana White talking about his 86-hour water fast and I have a bit of a problem whenever you have somebody with a big reach that doesn't really understand much about 
the impact or negative impact that doing something like this can have in one's health because there is actually a research talking about water fasting. This one was eight days, but I just don't see any concrete benefit of having nothing but water for three days because as a society, we're constantly going for the extremes, thinking that the extremes is what is going to solve the obesity problem. It's going to solve your lack of energy and it's going to solve all of this. When in reality, what is keeping you on this cycle of extreme weight gain and weight loss, extreme tiredness and extreme energy is the cycle. And the goal is to stabilize. I'm pretty sure that most people would rather have constant energy and to maintain their weight than to be on that constant up and down. And I think that all this message with extreme water fast for three days or not eating anything or freaking getting sun on your butthole, I think that was a trend for 2022. Why does it constantly have to be those extremes. So here I'm pulling up research. I'm going to give the link for that as well. It was done in 2021, but I think that this year was more talked about on water fasting because of Dana White talking about it. And then there was another guy who talks a lot about water fasting as well. So I'm pulling up here the, the research that I told you about regarding the water fast. And it really shows that you know, it should also be taken into account, I'm quoting here and I'm going to read part of it, should also be taken into account that despite reduced perceived stress and maintained protein balance among studied males, the symptoms of dehydration, increased ketogenesis, hypoglycemia, and significant reduction in body weight were reported. Therefore, for the safety of middle-aged people, subjected to the eight-day water fast, it is recommended to discontinue such intervention as it is a drastic form of fasting that already begins to generate unfavorable symptoms for a healthy person. So this desperate need to constantly look for extremes, thinking that that's what is going to solve all the problems, it needs to stay in, actually needs to stay in 2021. So here we are almost in 2024. But so let's keep water fasting as a 2023 thing. Let's not bring it to 2024. So that's number three. Number four, Ozempic and its variables. So for you guys that do not know what it is, Ozempic is a medication that is being used to help it started as a diabetes medication and then it started being used to assist people with losing weight. And listen, I do think that the use of a medication like Ozempic can be beneficial for a very specific type of demographic. But the problem that I have with the use of Ozempic and its variables, I'm using Ozempic because it is a brand name. I'm not going to name all of them, but the problem with it is that it's being pushed and it's being abused by everybody and their mom. They could lose their five, 10 pounds by just changing their eating habits and changing their training habits and making a few changes in their lifestyle. And 
these people are utilizing Ozempic, losing weight, but not realizing that using medications like this one is actually making you lose muscle instead of fat. A regular diet and training protocol, you are going to have some loss of lean mass, but with Ozempic, it is significantly greater. So people are, in fact, losing weight on the scale, but that is going to have a negative impact on the quality of what is being lost because you're losing the weight at what cost? At the cost of your lean mass, which is incredibly important, especially as you age, to have lean mass, aka muscle, so that you can be a functional older person, so you can be healthier, so you can pull yourself up if you fall. So the way in which Ozempic and medications like it are being pushed and is incredibly problematic. So my problem is not necessarily with the Ozempic, but perhaps on how readily available to everybody and anybody it is being without paying attention by those who are prescribing and those who are using it without paying attention on the habit change piece of it. Because yes, you lose the weight, which you're losing muscle with it, but you haven't really changed your eating habits. You haven't really changed your relationship with food. You haven't really changed your training. You haven't really changed your all or nothing mentality around food and exercise. So the moment that you stop it, what's going to happen? You're going to gain all the way back. And it's going to be even more problematic because whenever you lost the weight, you lost lean mass. And then you're going to gain all the way back, but it's going to be all fat. <laughs> and I actually want to read to you guys. That is a message that I received from one of our members whenever she went to the doctor, because I think that this really shows how much this medication is being pushed before even speaking to the person and having a better understanding, even if that is what that person wants. So one of our members went to the doctor and then whenever she was on the waiting room, I'm going to read her message. She said, hey, Natalia, so today I went to a clinic to get my routine labs done. I like to get them done at least once a year. The doctor walks in and after greeting me, proceeds to ask, so are you here to join our weight loss program? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And she goes, I was a bit annoyed with his question for a couple of reasons. One, he saw me overweight and pretty much and insinuated that I should lose weight. And two, he wanted to shove the whole Ozempic crap down my throat. And this is a member of ours that had already made significant lifestyle changes. She had already lost, at this point, 20 pounds on her own without the help of medication. And I actually asked her, I was like, how were your numbers? And she's like, I don't know, but I, I will know in 48 hours. And then she messages me and she said that everything was normal. And the doctor said that her cholesterol is beautiful. And, and she got an A plus on her tests. So the assumption that everybody wants it, the push that is being had by this area of the, the medical 
community without even speaking to the person first, I think that is incredibly problematic, especially because there are researches coming out that talk about the side effects of Ozempic, one of them being stomach paralysis, which is not good. Not good. Okay, next one, biohacking. If I see one more person talking about biohacking, I am going to lose my mind. What is biohacking? Nobody can explain to me. Oh, it's, you know, improving your sleep and being hydrated. Well, you don't need anything special or any substances or any injection or any shots to do all of that. You just have to drink more water and you have to stay consistent with something. So the whole idea of biohacking, I find incredibly gimmicky. I find that it gives people a false sense of quick fix. And I quite honestly, I don't even understand why it's called that because living healthy lifestyle and incorporating exercise and having a good nutritional plan and having better sleep and drinking more water, it doesn't need a name and a whole bunch of pills to come with it. So that needs to go away. Okay. Number six, the obsession with wearable tracking devices. And I'm talking about your smartwatches. I'm talking about your aura ring. Listen, I do think that they have their value. We use smart devices to track steps for our members in the Powerhouse Academy. I think that they can be useful. But the problem is that people are becoming incredibly obsessed with what the numbers say. And a lot of times those numbers are inaccurate, like grossly inaccurate, like from a caloric standpoint, there have been researches showing that the caloric output that those devices show, they can be up to 100% inaccurate. So people are there and they're like, oh yeah, I burned like 500 calories in my workout. And they're planning their whole nutrition and they kind of, oh, I burned 500 calories so I can go ahead and consume extra calories here. When that number is likely to be up to 100% inaccurate and, and that obsession of like, oh, I'm in a caloric deficit because my watch said that I burned 2,500 calories today, then surely I can go ahead and eat 3,000 calories and then I don't understand what I'm not losing weight. Well, if you're not losing weight, you're not in a caloric deficit and your watch is probably full of shit. So the obsession with the data, instead of stopping and paying attention on your own biofeedback as to what you're doing is working or not. And whenever we're talking about the devices that track sleep and things like that, I liked my Aura Ring, but I stopped wearing it. And the reason why I stopped wearing it is because sometimes I'll wake up feeling amazing. I'm like, shit, I feel good. I feel like a freaking rock star. And I would look at my data from my Aura Ring and you'd say, oh my goodness, like basically saying, go back to bed. You had a terrible night of sleep. You suck. It doesn't really say that. But basically you'd say that I had a very bad night of sleep when I was feeling good. 
So reading that data would kind of be like, mm, should I be feeling bad? So I would hold myself back from doing things because the data on the, the phone said that I should be feeling like shit when I actually felt good. So I kind of stopped wearing my aura ring to start to pay more attention on my own biofeedback. So that's my problem with the obsession with wearable tracking devices because it's um, making people stop paying attention to their own biofeedback. And then the last but not least is dry scooping. The seventh one is dry scooping. What is dry scooping? Dry scooping is whenever you get a scoop of pre-workout and you put in your mouth and without mixing with water. And this has been going on for some time, but I think it became more popularized on TikTok in recent times. And it actually is incredibly risky. It can cause aspiration pneumonia, which is kind of like, uh, do you remember whenever there was like this cinnamon challenge that people would start like inhaling the powder? And it's like legit not good. So I really think, especially for younger generations, this dry scooping BS needs to be left in 2023. Mix your pre-workout with water like normal human beings. And if you're looking for an amazing pre-workout, check out Energy Explosion by Embody Supplements. You can grab it on the link down below. So just a quick recap of the seven fitness trends that need to go away after 2023. One, waist trainers. Two, posting videos of yourself doing cold plunges. Water fast, ozone peak, biohacking, obsession with wearable tracking devices, and dry scooping. So these are the seven fitness trends that really need to stay in 2023. And if you have any to add, please go on my social media and let me know which one I missed because I am pretty sure that I missed a lot. I had a hard time kind of narrowing down to just these uh, seven. But please go on my social media, Natalia Mello Fit on Instagram. The link is down in the show notes as well. And let me know what fitness trend, in your opinion, needs to stay in 2023. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had an amazing Christmas and I am wishing you a happy new year because our next episode is now going to be in 2024. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. But let me ask you, what was your aha moment in today's episode? I would love to know. You can leave me a comment or voice message at the link in the show description. You can also follow me on Instagram and let me know what topics you want to hear more about or who I should have on the show. As for today, this is it for today, guys. I'll see you back next week for another episode of the Unfiltered Fit Life podcast.